like she but she's just someone who was always uh i feel like at the feet of jesus like there are times where i walk into a room and she's just sitting there by herself and she's got you know she loved pictures of jesus um so there's a lot of pictures of jesus in the house um you know you got the blonde hair jesus you got the brown hair jesus you got the black hair jesus all the jesuses um <laughs> but and she's someone who i felt like experienced god this is the HBIC Podcast, our discipleship weekly, where we talk with folks from HBIC, digging into the practical side of following Jesus in their lives. I am Ryan Cagno. This week I talked with Morris Taylor about his grandmother and the legacy of faith and prayer that she left for him uh, and the rest of her family. Just one of his spiritual heroes. Great conversation. Enjoy. Subscribe. We have new episodes weekly on Fridays. Morris Taylor. Tell me about your grandmother. <laughs> oh. No, but seriously, you said you <laughs> you mentioned to me uh, some of what you learned about prayer. I think mm-hmm. it was from mm-hmm. from your grandmother. So, yeah. Um, what were you talking about? Let set it up. Sure. I'm gonna sit back and listen and take me somewhere. Yeah. So my my grandmother. This is my. I love. I mean, my grandparents in general are just angels of people. Um, but, um, speaking of my father's mother, Eva, um, who still, still, still is in Ghana. Um, she's probably 80, somewhere between 86 and 88 at this point, probably. Um, my grandpa passed away. I don't know how many years ago now, but, um, she's been living, you know, by herself for the last several years, but she is a strong woman. Um, she... You know, grew up in in Ghana. Um, you know, in a, in a in a you know, this is obviously she's in the, in her eighties. So this is a really long time ago. Um, never went to school. Never learned to read. Never learned to write. Um, but one of the most faithful and devout followers of Jesus that I know, and her faith has inspired me in like tremendous ways. I feel like I. I am who I am because of her prayers. I feel like I am who I am because of her example in in, in such in such meaningful ways. Um, and I got to I got to talk to her, um, you know, a couple of a, a couple of days ago for the first time in a long time. And um, yeah, and that just it has stuck with me. Like just the 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 emotion of talking to her has kind of stuck with me for the last several days. Um, but you know, I think. Growing up, we spent a lot of time at her house um, with her and my grandfather, and they had a household full of people um, that were just kind of a revolving door. But something that she did every every single day was wake up, get everyone in the house together to pray. And this was always, I don't know why it had to be at 4 a.m., <laughs> but it did. No, Grandma, no. no. You know, and she didn't care that I was six. <laughs> You're getting your butt up and uh, joining the prayer circle. And that's a, that is a literal miracle. You're six years right? old again before right? a.m. Can you imagine? I mean, maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, six, six probably all the way through, I don't know, whatever. But she did that with every, every able-bodied person in the house would join. My grandpa was the only one who had the privilege of sitting out. <laughs> don't, I don't ask. I don't ask questions. <laughs> but uh, well, it, I guess it wasn't a privilege. But um, she expected everyone to be there. Um, sometimes, you know, for various reasons, people couldn't make it. But um, but we'd come in the circle together, and she would pray, 
um, she would lead the prayer. And, you know, she had a series of things that she always prayed for, thinking of specific wars, um, thinking of relatives um, that were around the world, um, thinking of, you know, certain people in power. Um, and something that we always did was together say um, the Lord's Prayer and... I know there was always some other like psalm in there or something like that that she um, we would all say together, um, and which I've always like wondered like how she learned this stuff because she doesn't read you know doesn't write doesn't you know she owns multiple Bibles but can't read them, um, and like she but she's just someone who was always uh, I feel like at the feet of Jesus like there are times where I walk into a room and she's just sitting there by herself and she's got you know. She loved pictures of Jesus. Um, so there's a lot of pictures of Jesus in the house. Um, you know, you got the blonde-haired Jesus, you got the brown-haired Jesus, you got the black-haired Jesus, all the Jesuses. Um, <laughs> but, and she's someone who I felt like experienced God. Um, it wasn't necessarily intellectual. She probably wasn't gonna argue, you know, Calvinism and free will and predestined, you know, any of, any of that stuff. But man, she, I just know that she knew Jesus um, like in such a real way. And so her example kind of showed me that prayer is important. And then also like just, I don't know how she memorized scripture, but she did. And so those are like some practices that I've kind of carried with me. Um, like as I've kind of discovered and rediscovered and rediscovered and rediscovered my own faith and made it my own, um, just like consistent prayer, just almost like making it a routine thing, um, however mundane it might feel or however um, religious it might seem, you know, just doing it because Jesus did it. Um, and then also just like having scripture um, readily available, kind of, you know, going through the practice of memorizing and reading things over and over again until it's stuck in my head and I can recite it, you know. Um, so things like that were, were ways in which she really inspired me. And it's crazy. And she's, she's been through a heck of a life, um, grandma, and she's just kind of stayed the same. And her, her, her faith and trust in Jesus has been unwavering her, like kind of like the fire that people talk about of how people are passionate in the beginning. Like it's, it hasn't changed. She's, 87, something like that. And she still, she still has the same excitement in her voice when she talks about Jesus and telling me to say Psalm 91 every day, mm. right? When I talk to her, that's, that's always what she says, never forget Psalm 91 and never forget, you know, Psalm 23 and never forget, you know, that, that's like, she still has that excitement. And it's, I don't know, it's beautiful for me to see. And it always challenges me now that I'm kind of, kind of on this side of things where, um, you know, I've tried to think through my faith and rationalize everything and come up with answers. Um, like, how am I experiencing God and, and how, can I, how can I use these practices to help me to, like, walk into, like, the actual experience, experiential knowledge of God? Will you wake your children up at 4 a.m. to be <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, honestly, I'll think about it. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, Something, something about that did something to me. And the funny thing is, like, I didn't want to do it any more than the next guy. And I feel like everyone in the house is always begrudgingly doing this. Like, we all complain about it, you know. And, but now, like, looking back, I feel like it's kind of like 
making forcing your kids to brush their teeth. Mm. Like they don't want to do it, but like they'll look back and like be like, "Yeah, I'm glad I brushed my teeth." Speaking of which, I went to the dentist yesterday for the first time. Um, Ever? Well, for the first time, like as a preventative, like as a, I've, I've been in the past because I knocked a tooth, I had a tooth knocked out. Okay. But yesterday I went for the first time just like because hey, dentist visit. Hmm. And that was an experience, but I digress. <laughs> Must have good teeth. That's good. Yeah. Um, As an adult, I've taken the I've taken the adult privilege of just not going to the dentist for like seven years at a time. So it's been. Oh, good, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, kind of where I was. One way to do it. <laughs> yeah. All of that to say, um, when you two questions, would you go back to sleep after you prayed? With grandma at four. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was only five a.m. by then. So it was an hour of prayer, and then you'd go back to sleep. Yeah, it was usually like le- probably less than an hour, probably like half an hour. Mm. So I'd, I'd I usually go out back to sleep. Okay. Um, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it wasn't four a.m. Maybe it was five a.m. I don't know. So much better. Do you? Yeah. So much. I mean, there might be the hint of the sunlight depending on the time of year. Yeah. But would would you say the other people and family members that were involved in this like? Would they say the same thing now, looking back on it? I think so. I think Grandma's her her witness mm. has been just I don't know is on question, right? Yeah. And I think even no matter what what things they might have to say about you know her and how she ran her tight ship and you know have people clean in at certain times and all this stuff, like I don't think anyone would quest question her her witness. And I think it's something that all of us continue to admire. Yeah. So for you, how do you do like structured prayer time then? Like you've said, you value, you're not worried about it becoming routine. You're just kind of like, yeah. you want to set a s- consistent thing. What does that look like for you now? Yeah, I mean, it comes in, it comes in waves, you know, honestly. Um, like there are times where I feel like I'm- I am filling out your spiritual report card as you <laughs> tell me this too. <laughs> yeah, so, right, right. Yeah. Um, there are times where I feel like I'm not, you know, doing this as regularly as I want to. Um, but something that I've tried to do is just, I have I actually have a pillow on the, on the, on one side of my bed, right? Just to like do kneeling prayer. Um, Cause I remember growing up, like that was one of the things that we did um, in my, in my immediate nuclear family it was like just prayer was associated with kneeling and before bed you kneel and you say your prayers kind of thing. Um, but something that I try to do in the morning um, is um, pray. And s- <laughs> there, there, there was a point, probably this year, I would say, where I had a hard time praying just in general, just like coming up with coming up with my own words to pray. And that's where I feel like having things like the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. were were everything for me, right? And other, you know, other, other, other prayers. Um, prayers of some of the saints and like a prayer of St. Francis or, um, you know, other, other scriptures of the Psalms and prayers of David, et cetera, having those on hand. Um, like those became my prayers. And I would say for months, that's all I prayed. Like I, I just almost like didn't have the capacity or energy to come up with the words on my own. And I, f- and f- but still I felt, um, like rejuvenated by that. Um, and, you know, and I have little other routines, like when I'm brushing my teeth or, you know, during my drive, when I when I start the car. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's just certain things that, like, now are more, like, um, almost Pavlovian, <laughs> like, responses. Like, um, 
yeah, certain prayers just start when I turn on my toothbrush to brush my teeth, right? And um, and I don't know. Some might argue that this is just like that's just I don't know if it seems legalistic or seems just ritualistic or whatever. But um, I don't know. I feel like um, Jesus said, "This is how you should pray," right? And so I feel like the Lord's prayer is like a beautiful not just a model of prayer, but I think a beautiful prayer that maybe we should just routinely be praying um, and using the Psalms. And and I feel like that was not unheard of probably in the time before ours when, you know, those, you know, those, those things were all that they had, you know, things that they'd memorized um, or, you know, people weren't necessarily, you know, reading the scripture on their own and all that kind of stuff. And maybe that's where my grandma's coming from. I don't know. And, you know, having the the things that she has in her has stored in her archives are the things that she draws from, yeah. and so she routinely goes to those things. Um, yeah, I don't think like back in the day, like scriptural times, I don't think extemporaneous prayer, like off the top of the dome, was unheard of necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it certainly wasn't privileged in the way where we, you right. know, at least in some modern evangelical circles, it's like that's real prayer or it's like right. better. Right. Um, and I think that's off a reading of, you know, some stuff from the new Testament, like a legitimate reading of just like sincerity and stuff being from the heart versus yeah. kind of like going through the motions right, of right. religion, you know? Um, so I, I'm sympathetic to it in that sense. But on the other hand, I think even if you are quote unquote legalistically brushing, you know, praying while you brush your teeth, praying when you start your car, praying, you know, when you get up, whatever it is, if you're doing that consistently, I would bet you're also like having spontaneous prayer at other times or you're living a more prayerful life overall. Yeah. Or you're not just like I would bet that if you're framing your days in those different ways, it's going to lead to you naturally being more of a prayerful mm-hmm. person. And I, I, could and be that, wrong, I think that's the goal. Yeah. That's that's that, that's kind of my vision for it. And that's what I hope to attain. I don't, you know, I by no means, you know, I'm ceaselessly praying uh, you know as much as i'd sure. like to but like i i have to i i feel like i need those reminders and maybe certain people yeah. brains function differently like i i have physical like actual reminders on my phone to pray yeah um, i probably should throughout so. my day and just or just uh yeah maybe they call them breath prayers whatever it is um i remember reading several years ago um about brother lawrence's practice of the presence of god and you know this idea of like you know just setting our mind to god and to heaven for whether it's washing dishes to the glory of right, god whether yeah. it's for a minute every hour or for a second every minute or whatever um and yeah he was the guy of the pots and pans guy and how does he do that to the glory of god and it's by that practice of god's presence and again back to that experience and so I feel like I, I, I personally just happen to need things to kind of ground me into experiencing God. Otherwise, it just becomes this kind of heady stuff that I think about or talk about or, you know, read about. Um, and so this is just kind of a way for me to stay, stay grounded in experiential knowledge of who God is and where God is and, and, and be able to kind of participate in that. Has that changed over the course of your life in any ways, like your prayer practice and coming from, you know, 20 plus years ago to now? Absolutely. I mean, I don't, you know, I haven't always prioritized prayer in the same way. I haven't always, you know, 
thought it as valuable or I haven't always sought to experience God in, in those kinds of ways. Um, there were times in my life where I just wanted to know the answers and I, you know, read the Bible to really to study it and to come to the right conclusions. And it was all about exegesis and apologetics and that type of thing, um, which I think was a helpful foundation or helpful for me anyway, just with how, I don't know, my brain works or how I process things or whatever it is. Um, but you get too much exegesis, then you need... Then you need, need some, real Jesus. You need some extra Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me let me get there. Let me cook. <laughs> let him cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it has. So all to say, it has changed and it has waxed and waned, even from you know year to year, month to month type of thing. Um, but now I'm really, I'm I'm really longing for and seeking. Um, those ways of experiencing God that I think things like prayer and, you know, reciting scripture um, and maybe even as much as I don't love to go on walks, sometimes that does it for me, you know, just like getting out in nature and Wait, reciting <laughs> scripture, Pause. like you, it does you, something for the soul. Right? I mean, I, I agree with you. You don't like walks. I'm more of a sitter. Okay. <laughs> Why exercise when you could not exercise? Really? I never. I don't know if I've ever. I mean, I guess I'd have to think about it. I don't know if I've ever heard of someone who's like, I just ugh, walks. No, I. I don't. I don't hate walks or anything like that. Or you know, but you know, generally I'm just like, uh, I'm more of a laser round kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but but something about that experience of being outside, walking around, and like praying, like I feel like that's that's experiencing God. Mm. You know, and those are kind of the things that I am seeking, you know, now, or I'm, I'm emphasizing now versus, um, you know, obviously the very valuable practice of, say, sitting and reading, you know, through a passage and breaking it down and looking at commentaries and all that, um, which I've done in the past as well. Yeah, and it's there's a bit of a trap there that I've found very well because I think some of the really formative times when I was a young adult and before I was going to seminary where I was really passionate uh, was often centered in like, I was learning all these new things about scripture and yeah. I was really excited and interested. Right. And I was like, keeps man, it, keeps it, yeah. and you keeps see like the connect for me, it was often seeing like connections across scripture and the continuity and the whole Absolutely. scope of things yeah, and like learning huge. about some of the words. And I was like, huge. this is beautiful. And I really felt like close to God in a certain way. Absolutely. Um, and I do think that you can keep coming back to scripture and um, keep seeing new things and learning new things, mm -hmm. but it was inevitable there was going to be like diminishing returns or like, mm -hmm. you know, sure. I'm not going to recreate that like crucible period of time from like <laughs> right, right. 19 to 24 or whatever when I was like really diving into yeah. like reading the Bible for the first time really deeply. And Absolutely. And I was like, man. Um, so when that was gone... Or when I like, like I know the Bible well now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I don't mean to say that. Like, no, that's not, not braggingly. No, like, I understand I, what you're saying. I, I know the Bible well now. I did full time seminary for four years, and so it's hard. So for me, I'm not going to experience God in the same way. Like, the feeling of like discovery that was mm -hmm. there 15 mm -hmm. years ago for me, or whatever, mm -hmm. isn't quite there anymore. So I, yeah, I struggle in some ways. Then walks are helpful. Yeah. Um, being attentive in different ways, but that like the study lane for me is not 
there as much yeah. anymore. And I, I, I did not do years of seminary. I didn't do any formal training. Yeah, in like, get on my level. Right? <laughs> I know. I'm going like, to edit out me saying how much but, it was. But similarly, I'd say, like, I feel like I, you know, got to a point where I was kind of just reading, rereading, and felt like I wasn't. I was learning things about God, not to the same degree that I had been before, but also experiencing God in that less. Um, and so, I mean, you, you, you have agreed with walking or going on walks, for instance. Are there other things that, I don't mean to interview you on your own podcast, Whoa. but are there other things that you feel like have been helpful for you in like um, connecting with God and finding that, finding that experience of God? I mean, walks have been helpful. I think like other types of scripture reading practices, like um, there's lots of other ways to engage with scripture besides Mm -hmm. like intellectual study. Mm -hmm. And I think people, a lot of people are probably laughing at me listening to this. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're 34 and you're like bored with the Bible now. You know, I knew, I know I've known people and had spiritual kind of heroes in my life who were 90 and were still like amped to like wake up and get into scripture in the morning. So, and I'm like, I don't know how to, still learning how uh, lord willing and however many years I'll be that person sure. but um there's way you know there's things like um lectio divina or meditating mm-hmm. on scripture just different practices like I'm not really a psalms guy yeah so like forcing myself to you know sit down and pray through yeah, psalms yeah. or read psalms um is something that I have had to learn to do. I wish we had the music for them. That would be fun to mm, be able to like, sing little, them. Well, um you can always just look up uh, soaking music. What? Soaking music. Soaking. Yeah, one of my roommates, uh, I think it was one of my roommates who introduced introduced that idea of soaking. You can just look up soaking music and it'll just, it kind of has these, yeah, kind of background musical. Pull a little tune to it. Maybe <laughs> I should start writing them. Like maybe that goes with these psalms. I feel like, yeah. Well, yeah. and there's, I mean, I'm saying that, but there's like literally hymnals where, you know, churches and different traditions have done. Mm hmm. Tunes to all every song, but anyway, um, yeah, that um, I don't preach a ton anymore, but that was always a meaningful experience for me. I kind of just like, I don't know, for me, like growing up in the church, you listen to enough sermons by a certain mm-hmm. point in your life, you're like, man, alive, like, uh, you're not like struck sure, down yeah, by the yeah, word yeah. of God every yeah. time in the same way you were at one point. But when I'm not a surprising, when I'm having to go through the process of, you know, preparing and, um, yeah, I mean, I'll put it very frankly, I can't like hide from God as easily when Mm. I'm having to go through that whole process. Mm. I think in some ways, like to the degree that I'm called to preach, it's maybe because like God knows that's how he's going to really nail me to the wall. (laughs) I'm I'm serious. Like, um, that's that's an interesting point. Like Ryan's really going to have to sit with this and have to turn this turn this scalpel on himself a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of really mm-hmm. think about the ways that, you know, I fall under it. So that's, that's a way, um, I'm not going to take up preaching anytime soon, but you know, maybe in another, think about in the another blog, <laughs> a podcast. Uh, yeah, I think I experienced, my answer has always just been like with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not, when, when I'm walking, that's helpful cause I'm getting out and kind of doing something. But for me, in the way my mind is, I don't think like sitting in a room for me yeah. is the most helpful thing. I've tried, you know, I'll pray out loud, I'll write in a journal, whatever I can do, mm-hmm. pre-written things, and th- those things are good to be doing. Um, 
uh, for me, I think I just like need other people in certain ways in those situations, whether it's just, so I experience God through like through church, through um, conversations like this, through the body and just like seeing it in other people. Um, Mm -hmm. That tends to be it for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's something my grandma, back to grandma, that used to do, uh, or still does actually. So she is uh, denominationally uh, Methodist. Like goes to an African Methodist church. Um, but every day of the week, I'd say pretty much every day of the week, maybe not every day of the week, maybe like four out of the seven days, she was at a different service somewhere. So when I was with, when I was spending time with grandma, we would go to mass. Um, we would go to, you know, different fellowship groups at the Methodist church. We would go to other churches. She would have on TV, you know, the Pope doing stuff, you know, in in the Vatican, she would have on other other people, you know, preachers in the U.S. She was just like soaking up God f- wherever she could find it, without kind of the micro analysis of all the little little minutia and details. Sure. Um, and that was an interesting way of her experiencing God, I think. Um, and something that I have you know done a little bit of is just kind of learning about and hearing from, you know, other believers that maybe are on different kind of different faith streams within the, within the, within the faith. Um, and I've really enjoyed learning about like the saints and hearing from, you know, some, some Jesuits and, um, some of the others. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Those have been cool experiences for me anyway. Yeah. And, you know, even as I'm saying, like, man, how do I experience God when study is not as interesting to me anymore? <laughs> it's like, well, think of, you know, people that literally are not, like, literally can't read and can't, like, Absolutely. do that. Or exactly. or throughout church history, you know. Exactly. Um, you know, your grandmother would be very much in consonance with a lot of folks throughout church history. Yeah. This is the reason that, you know, um, the Catholic Church especially flourished in, like, a pre-literacy mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. You have the lives of the saints, and you have these kind of um, more of a, a reliance on memorization yeah. and, and different things. You know what I mean? You have right. these like and the arts, the, the saints as these living images to look to, and then also the icons and the pictures of Jesus yeah. Yeah. Um, with his blonde hair and blue eyes, <laughs> uh, notwithstanding. But yeah. you know, you have all these different ways of experiencing, and um, yeah, in a lot of ways, like um, Catholic or high church traditions, depending on the Methodist tradition. Um, are a more like full sensory experience mm-hmm. um, engage in different ways. You know, you're yeah. not just r- reading, you're hearing and um, sometimes tasting and smelling as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, incense and whatever else, but like in church, I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> incense can get weird, I guess, but um, yeah. So I think that's like, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. It's cool that her example and what she so clearly was like experiencing has just set you on this like life path of like, you know, kind of thinking through how am I, where am I experiencing? How am I experiencing God? Cause yeah. that's not a foregone conclusion. I mean, I think uh, most of us want that to some degree, but mm-hmm. we don't necessarily always all think consciously or pursue yeah. headlong. Like I want to experience God. Yeah. So yeah, seems like she left you with a real legacy in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I would love to, love to uh, be able to see her again sometime soon. So, uh, we'll be working on that. Yeah. We can put this on a, does she have a CD player or a 
uh, uh, Bluetooth yeah, speaker that'd, that'd or anything. <laughs> real tough. Well, no, you can get on. You can you can bring it on your phone. And you guys yeah. can listen to <laughs> listen to listen to our grandson brag on her for for a half hour. Yeah, I love my grandma. Does she li- is she living alone or right now? Uh, Yes. Well, no. I mean, she has a lot of, you know, a lot, again, like our house is still a revolving door. So there's a lot of people who okay. kind of are in and out. Um, but she's alone in that. My grandpa passed away. Um, and, you know, a lot of like the those who kind of came, you know, grew up and such have kind of uh, kind of left the house at this point. But there's still a couple of people still there. Well, I hope you get to see her soon. I know you yeah. get all kinds of long stretches of time off in uh, residency. And, yeah, let's and take being a six-month hiatus. Someday, someday, <laughs> you're going to have, you're making your own vacation hours. There you go. Close up the shop for a month. See you guys. Going yeah. to Ghana. Peace out. I'm coming whenever you do. Yeah, come, come through. I've never been. <laughs> come through. <laughs> Morris, thank you for uh, the time. That was like a... Really encouraging, inspiring look into things and a person that clearly means a lot to you. So, yeah, it's, it's always always a pleasure chatting. Yes. RC. Oh, RC. PRC. Let's go. PRC. Uh, that's what Lamb calls me. All right. Finish. There's definitely some stuff to edit out on my yeah. part at the end of this oh, one. I don't but know what the reports probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>